Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. While this has always been the place of inspiration and possibility, this has also been a place where it's real. And today I'm going to share with you my courage as I've explored the dark and what I've discovered. And then at the end of today's show, I'm also going to end with something I just love, both doing it and in general, a very specific thing that I've done the past few weeks. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to NGNPOK for leaving a review on the Apple podcast. NGNPOK said, always on target. Every time I listen, I feel like you are talking to me. I get something out of every episode. Sometimes it is just reassurance, like when you talk about really learning a skill or knowledge and you don't learn everything all at once. I am so grateful that you got that nugget of information of you're not supposed to know it all and that we're learning and it takes time. So yay you. Thank you so much for leaving a review on the Apple podcast. It means a lot to me and it's also a way to help out the show. So for the time being, I'm still committed to this being an ad-free show, and it's something that I am continue to check back in with and continue to do. So here are ways that you can support the show is one, share it with a friend. And I know so many of you do because I get the emails and I get the messages from somebody saying that, oh, my mother, my sister, my friend, my girlfriend, we talk about this show. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing this show. It helps us grow our listeners and grow our community. And remember, if you share this show with a friend, it may take them seven times of the gentle reminders before they adopt. I know I'm not an early adopter, so I never expect other people to be. Another small way is just like NGNPOK, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever device you're listening on, whatever distribution method you're using, whether it's Spotify or an Android platform, leave a review. These reviews help others, especially in this time when people are searching for content and what to listen to. It helps them read your comments. How does the story impact you? What have you learned? And then it also deals with the algorithm stuff that none of us really understand. So the reviews are also helpful big ways you can support the show because there are costs, the production costs. There's a whole team that I have for the show is sign up for workshops. I'm going to have another one in May coming out. I have group coaching and private coaching. If you're interested in that, those are the ways that I've been able to keep this show ad free for you. So the coaching business, Karen Inc. is what supports this show and provides the revenue to be able to produce this show for the time being. The latest thing that we have available and it's for sale now is our mindset journals, which are for sale. There's a link in the show notes. You can get a digital copy, especially if you're outside the US because we only ship inside the US, or you can get the mindset journal and in the physical copy and order those. So we'll have the link in the show notes. And those are fantastic. My clients have loved them. They've asked for it to be able to buy it. I know so many of you guys have been wanting them and people have been buying them. So we have that Those all go back to helping support the show. So you can do it your way. 
Okay, my friend, let's get real. I'm in California and I've just finished seven weeks of COVID-19. And the thing that I realized is that this has been a hard week. And I'm recording these shows about a week before they get dropped. So that's why it's week seven. And when you hear it, it'll be week eight. (laughs) But that's what's going on. So this week has been hard and it's been hard. I've been noticing with all my clients, with community, you know, social media streams, my friends in there, family members, it's hard. And we can create dirty pain for ourselves because we can say, well, my life is really good. You know, I have family, I have friends, work I love, plenty of food and toilet paper. And this is all true for my life. But I also realize, and this is really important, that this has been a hard week and it's been harder than the previous weeks. This week when I was coaching one of my clients, she said, you know, I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm maintaining, I'm taking care of myself. I'm doing all this stuff. And she said, but Corinne, I also realize I'm living on a razor edge. Mostly good, but the smallest thing can set me off. And when she said that, I got tingles. And as I share this with you, I'm getting tingles too. And the next day I was coaching clients and coaching my groups. And I brought that comment to their attention. It was like a light bulb went off. They could see clearly of, yes, that's it. Because yes, we have so much to be grateful for. We can practice our gratitude and all of that, but we're living on a razor's edge. And I'm going to talk about that in that show today and share my journey through it to give you an idea and then how you can apply it to your own life. So Last Sunday on the weekends, I tend to go on these long walks and I wear masks now when I go on walks and then we have these green belts in Davis and it's glorious. And I go out really early in the morning. So last Sunday is my long walk day on Sunday. And I went by myself and I really found that I need this time alone out on the green belts and with the trees. So I don't go with my family. I don't talk to a friend on the phone and I've become more of a recluse on the weekends. I've just needed this more alone time. Unfortunately, while I'm out there, I don't hear the birds because I'm being productive and listening to podcasts or audibles, books, but that's okay. I get to have this time for myself. The interesting thing is that with the noise, the ironic, I guess, the ironic thing is that sometimes the noise in my ears actually is what allows me to have the space to hear what's going on in my soul, to tap into what's going inside of me but not last Sunday. Last Sunday, there was this stirring that was going on inside and I wasn't giving it space. And I continued to devour more podcasts and I was out for quite a bit of time. It was like two and a half hours. And I just kept wanting to push down what I was feeling with more information. Just learn more, Corinne. Don't feel, just learn. And I came home and I had a delicious brunch and then I had to order some things online and I spent some time looking at hair products and took a nap. Now on the outside, this looks like a a really big self-care day. And I would have told you the same thing. In fact, there was a part of me like, yay me, Corinne, you're you're not doing anything productive. (laughs) But it kind of was because I was listening to some podcasts and learning. You're not doing anything productive and you're taking care of yourself. Well, then after I woke up from my nap, I read this article that my friend posted on Facebook and it was from our local newspaper, the Davis Enterprise. And the article was about this year's yearbook for the high school. We have one high school in town. So it was the high school yearbook and what was going to happen. 
the interesting thing was the yearbook was titled the beginning of the year. They called it unfinished. And what a title that was for a year that's not going to be able to finish. And for these seniors who aren't going to have all their end of Davis Joint Unified School District's rituals and, you know, parties. So the teacher, Miss Wilkerson, who's the yearbook teacher, she's also my daughter's journalism teacher. She talked about, they believe they have plenty of content. They've been working really hard to incorporate stories and things and fill in the space that was held for spring sports and all the end of the year events. And she went on to discuss about, you know, how are they going to distribute it? And she said, you know, this is going to be an adult issue. We'll figure this out. And they had different plans in place from having maybe pickup times with social distancing or home deliveries with the yearbook staff doing that. So there were different ideas talked about and I just read it and it's like, okay, this is fine. They're figuring out how to overcome these obstacles. And then this sentence, well, it would be nice in June if we could have a gathering so the kids could fill out each other's yearbooks. I read that sentence and fell apart. It was hard. It was fast. It was this powerful force that came out of me. And I sobbed the ugly cry sobbing, just sat there. I was actually laying on my bed and I bawled. This, my friend, is living on a razor's edge. I was so overcome with tears, with emotions, with pain. I let it out. I didn't think, I didn't stop. I just let it out. Afterwards, I was baffled. Why was I in so much pain about yearbooks? As a 47-year-old woman, yearbooks aren't important to me. That's not my pain point in my life right now. And the other side is like my kids, it's not even a pain point for them because unlike me who loved yearbooks in, in junior high and high school, I love, love, love my yearbooks and I treasure them. My kids have been less attached to them. It's been like, oh, okay, here's something. It's kind of like, not even like a magazine that you get that you're kind of excited about. They're like, oh, it's very matter of fact. So it's not that my kids were in this pain point either. So why did I have this emotional breakdown? So as I started unpacking what was going on, I knew on my walk that something was stirring inside of me, trying to get my attention, but I put it off. I figured, you know, I'll do it once I get home and do my journaling because I hadn't done my journaling before I left. I wanted to get out early before people were out. And I didn't want to unpack what was stirring inside of me while I was out on a walk because let's face it, I'm not one who likes to cry in the middle of a green belt. That's not the place for me. But then I returned home and I totally forgot about journaling. I was hungry. I made myself a big brunch. I had an important, quote, important deadline (laughs) because I had to buy those things online if I wanted to get them, you know, as soon as possible. And now we all have delays and shipments with COVID. So I forgot to journal. And really, honestly, if I really explore this darkness, I don't think I really wanted to give my feelings any space. I was tired. I was exhausted. I didn't know if I really had the capacity. I didn't really want to deal with it. So I didn't give myself space, which means I didn't allow myself to feel the feelings. I didn't unpack my thinking. I wasn't being connected with myself. 
I distracted myself with the walk and doing some good things like learning on the walk, listening to the podcast. I had that important deadline. Remember important as I winked to you. And then I watched YouTube hair tutorial videos. (laughs) This is not like my average go-to day. And then I napped. And again, not something that I normally do. But when I didn't journal, I didn't give myself space to be with myself. And one of the things that I have really developed and practiced over time is that journaling is my container. It's my space to clutter all the noise in my head that I collect. It's the place to give me space for my feelings. It's a place to allow me time to reflect. Journaling is my gym. It is my gym for my mental and emotional well-being. It is a place where I get to practice and a place where I get to be messy. And just like a gym workout where it's messy, your hair's not perfectly coiffed, you're messy, you're sweaty, you're dirty, and you're imperfect. But afterwards, it feels so good when you leave your workout, you're like, oh, I did that. And you get to be proud of yourself. That's typically what happens when I go through the mess of journaling. So journaling has become something that's been really important to me. And I really dialed down on it and really committed to it at a deeper level because it's been my way through this COVID-19. And I do my mindset and I feel my feelings and I connect it and what is true and what is not true. And I own the stories where I'm dress rehearsing tragedy, right? And then I go back to what do I know is true and I commit to it. So I usually do this every day and I didn't that day. And with all this uncertainty that's going on and everybody's emotions all over the place, right? We're all living on a razor's edge. And when we don't give space to our feelings, it will get your attention. Because look what happened to me. I was reading the local newspaper about the high school yearbook. And it was about signing each other's yearbook that all of a sudden I had my emotional breakdown, I guess we could call it. And the force of the tears is what grabbed my attention. And because I do this work, I knew it was important to explore the darkness. And I realized I distracted myself long enough. So I gave myself permission to feel. And I was tired and exhausted and lonely. That's what I was feeling. Now, here's the thing. Lonely is not a feeling I like. And it is not something I like to admit, especially to all of you. And I also realize I am home with my family. And yes, I am experiencing loneliness too. I didn't try to change my feeling. I didn't try to talk myself out of it. I didn't try to pinpoint like, Corinne, you're so lucky. Look how fortunate you are. And why are you lonely? You have your family around you. Instead, I gave myself permission and the space to feel my loneliness and acknowledge this feeling. And this is what I mean by going into the darkness. Loneliness isn't something I like. Giving it space, feeling it. So while it's not a great feeling, and it's definitely not a happily ever after feeling, by exploring my darkness of loneliness, I was able to discover the light, and now I have peace. So that's my hope for you as you explore your darkness, is for you to discover your light. So the light I discovered has been very peaceful, (laughs) but I have to be honest with you right now. I'm not feeling a whole lot of peace because there's vulnerability with sharing with you about my loneliness. And here's why I'm willing to be vulnerable with you. I'm sharing my story 
because I know I'm not the only one who is feeling lonely right now. I know there are many of you who are all by yourselves during this period of COVID-19. And there are also others who, like me, are surrounded by people they love and yet still feel lonely. And for me, I'm going to unpack and explore my loneliness to help you see how this process goes so that you can do it in your own space. So as I explored this idea of loneliness and being lonely, it's a huge shame trigger for me. You see, growing up as a kid, I had those friends who weren't really nice. You know, the ones with the queen bee who would determine whether you were included in a group weekend activities or not. And I so desperately wanted to be accepted when I wasn't included on those Friday nights sleepovers. It was a painful thing, but of course I would never let it show, even though deep inside I was hurting. That 10 year old girl made a pact with herself. She would never admit to anyone she was lonely. And here that 10 year old girl is a 47 year old woman admitting it to all of you. (laughs) I'm laughing with myself, y'all. So back then, what I did is I would put out the image of having lots of social connections. It's okay. I'm not invited for the sleepover. I have so many other things going on. Here's what those things were. The Dukes of Hazzard, Love Boat, and Fantasy Island. Instead of the people connections that I so hungered for, TV was my connection. And while TV wasn't fulfilling my desires for connections, That lonely girl figured the solution to her loneliness was to become popular. So in this quest to be popular, this is when I started to sell myself out. I became who others wanted me to be so I could fit in. I'll fit in to who you want me to be so I can be accepted. And then I'll have these people and at least be perceived by others as popular. And because I have a group to fit in with, I will be seen, heard, and mattered and loved, right? And that's the where my brain goes. This is why I need to manage it every day. But here's the problem. When we fit in, we are not being ourselves. We aren't truly being seen for who we are. We aren't being heard because we aren't saying what's inside of ourselves. Instead, we're saying what we're supposed to say or we think we're supposed to say. And when we aren't being ourselves, If you do get love, it's not you who's getting the love. It's this person who you're pretending to be. It's our inauthentic versions of ourselves. And then the shame storm that comes with that, it just becomes this bigger and bigger and bigger storm inside of us. So when I was a 10-year-old girl, I never wanted to admit I was lonely. And over the last 15 years, I've learned I need to be me. I no longer could be the version of Corinne others wanted just so I could fit in. It was too costly. I've been selling myself out for decades. And this is what I call approval whoring, being who I needed to be for you to get your approval of me so I could fit in with you. And as a young girl, I had thought that would solve my loneliness because if I was popular, if I fit in, then I would belong. But here's the thing, belonging and fitting in are two entirely different things. Belonging is about showing up as me, all of me, all parts of me. The shy girl who at times is insecure 
And she's also brazen and tenacious. She doesn't like discomfort, but will also persevere through difficult and challenging things. She has a big heart and deep love for others. And she can also be cranky and not want to be around anyone. The adult woman in me who is fierce and loyal and compassionate with empathy for others, who can also be judgmental and angry. My adult self will cheer you on and cheer on your successes and be so excited for you and be willing to celebrate with you. And I'll also be the person who will be there when you fall down and help you rise back up again. And the adult woman in me is also the one who gets short and snappy, who has a hot temper when stress is too much and can be demanding. I have many parts to me. Most importantly, all parts of me matter. I am human. By accepting all parts of me, I'm able to feel less lonely. As I realize and accept me, I create belonging with me. I want to share this with you again. I explored my darkness of loneliness. I understood the cultural programming and the little girl trying to figure things out and put things together. And then I owned all parts of me and I accepted all parts of me. And I shared them here with you. And by accepting all parts of me, I'm able to feel less lonely as I realize and accept me. And then therefore I'm able to create belonging within me. I am worthy of my own belonging. This week was hard. This week was challenging. I too am living on a razor edge. And by accepting this week as hard, instead of thinking it shouldn't be hard, because I'm so fortunate, I'm giving myself space for my truth, for my feelings, for me. I'm sure there'll be other moments where I'll cut myself open on the razor. This is metaphorically speaking, of course. As I share this story with you today, I know that it'll be okay when I get cut open again because I can feel my feelings, even the painful ones like I felt this week. I know the feelings are here to give us some information. My darkness was exploring my loneliness. It was exploring the cultural programming of what I needed to feel better. My loneliness was the pathway back to me. I was able to remind myself I am worthy of my own belonging. I have been giving myself love and compassion this week. While this is needed every day, right now as I live on a razor edge, I need it even more. Until we are aware, we cannot change anything. By acknowledging I am feeling lonely, I was able to acknowledge my truth, not push it away. And by doing that, I was also able to move into accepting all parts of me. I was able to create belonging within me. I was able to be kind to me. I was able to talk to myself with love and compassion. I was able to honor my feelings. Will you give yourself the space for all of your feelings, the painful ones, as well as the feel-good ones? We need them all. 
By exploring the darkness, you will find your light. My light this week has been about accepting all parts of me, sharing all of me with you, including my own struggles and belonging to me. There's a quote from Brene Brown that I love that I came upon this morning as I was re-recording, rewriting this podcast because I didn't like the first recording that I did this morning. And this is from Brene. Only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. My friend, we are all living on a razor's edge right now. You won't know what will be the point when you get cut. No, you aren't alone. This is really important right now. While I was lonely last weekend, what I've been able to learn this week is it's been a hard week for all of us, for my community, my family, my friends, my clients, the Aqua Monsters, and many of you here in our community of how she really does it. By naming we are living on a razor's edge allows us to see more clearly our own life. And when you can see clearly and give yourself the space to feel your feelings, then you can understand all the stories that are going on in your brain, your stories and the ones you've collected from others. I invite you to be loving and compassionate with yourself as we move through these hard days together. Before I go, I promised you at the beginning of the show to talk about something I love. Here is a new thing that I started to do that I would have judged myself on even six months ago. Like seriously, Corinne, that's kind of ridiculous. What a waste of money. You shouldn't do that. (laughs) That would have been the voice in the back of my head. But I'm choosing this is how I want to spend my money and I'm okay with it. But since the third grade, I can remember, I have always loved, love, love biographies. I love people's stories. I'm a story collector. I love interviewing people and talking about their stories. I'm fascinated by people's stories. I really believe they're the windows of possibility. And so I wanted to read a new book coming out and I went to go order it on Amazon and it was like a month out. And I'm like, a month? I can't wait a month. And so then I went to the, it was like the choice. Do I get it on Kindle? I hate Kindle. Do I get it on Audible? Well, I'm not really good at actually holding on to it. Like the reading, when I read the physical copy, it really sticks on my brain more. And I felt like there was going to be important lessons in this book for me, but I didn't want to wait a month. So I decided, well, I'm going to get the audio book. And then I decided, oh, what the heck, I'll get the Kindle because then I can at least highlight and see the actual words. Well, there is this really cool function on Kindles where when you get the audiobook and the Kindle, you can have the author or whoever's reading it read the book to you. It's one of the most loving and kind things. I love it. I'm getting read to and I get to see the words and they highlight it. Then I get to go in and highlight it. It is my new favorite thing. I love it. If you, you know, want to take this, like if it's something that sounds delicious to you, I invite you. Like some people, I know one of my friends, she had given me that idea a while ago. She goes, I love when people, when I listen to audiobooks because they're reading it to me. 
I love them reading it to me and me being able to see the words. For me, there's just a more sticking point. So that is something I love. And the book that I read, oh my gosh, I have fallen in love with this person. I am just so fascinated and I'm so grateful to her because again, the windows of possibilities, like her sharing her story and with all of us really gave me insights to think about my own story. And she brought me back to music. So long ago, I decided I was too busy of person, didn't have time for that. I do it someday later on. And all I can tell you is I am leaning hard, leaning in. Music is my pathway. And so the book that I read, and I just finished it the other night, is by Alicia Keys. And it's called More Myself. Highly, highly recommend it. Even if you don't like her music, the messages. And then the cool thing about the audiobook is there's a few times she'll sing a couple verses or a couple of lines from her songs because she talks about her writing process. And then the other thing that was amazing and why you have to get the audiobook is every chapter, there's somebody else in her life that talks about their perspective and their voice. So it's really cool. You get to hear that. So I love, love, love more myself. I'm so glad I got the audiobook, and I'm so glad that I got the Kindle because it allowed me to go through and highlight and read along. And now I have my list of highlights and my client says, you can email it to yourself. I've never done that. So I'm going to email it to myself and print it out. And those will be my notes. So that's what I love, love, love. And I leave that with you. And until next time, I'm smiling big for you. Hey, If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know, what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.